0: Hey everyone, today we're going to be going through first Peter four verses one to five. Let's dive in. Since therefore Christ suffered in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same way of thinking, for whoever has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, so as to live for the rest of the time in the flesh no longer for human passions, but for the will of God. For the time that is past suffices for doing what the Gentiles want to do living sensuality passions drunkenness orgies drinking parties and lawless idolatry with respect to this they are surprised when you do not join them in the same flood of debauchery and they malign you but they will not but they will give account to him who is ready to judge the living and the dead arm yourselves with the same way of thinking prepare to defend yourself equip yourself with a defense in thought How insane to be given a mental strategy by God to arm ourselves with. How am I to think? I think part of this is indeed equipping ourselves for suffering by looking to Jesus' example, but I also think it's two other things. One is an assurance of the process and where we're going or what becomes of us at death. Jesus truly went before us in all of this, and this section walks us through how we will die to the flesh to be made alive in the Spirit. A new man will emerge from us, one who walks in the spirit and no longer the flesh because the flesh has passed away. Then we also look forward to a resurrection at the end of it all, a new life in a new body that's activated in spirit power. This is our end, and that in and of itself is a weapon that we can arm ourselves with. We know the end, and Jesus promises us a new story, a story forged by him and purchased with his blood. This is everything a confidence in your future, especially when you're so accustomed to suffering and aren't sure what you hope you have. The second huge thing I think we're to arm ourselves with is the truth that Jesus has conquered all things, and all spiritual powers lie under his rule and reign. They are defeated, and all the honor they perpetuate is limited. They're the ones on borrowed time, not us. We look to resurrection. Freedom and new life, while they anticipate destruction because God has already won the war and they don't stand a chance. Jesus is at God's right hand, actively ruling, and we are to arm ourselves with that knowledge that no angel, authority, or power can stand against him, and that's a powerful truth. So, why do we suffer? Peter doesn't say why, but he does say the benefit of suffering is we cease to sin and we focus on living for God's will instead of our flesh. Suffering is, so to speak, a slow and steady putting the flesh to death process while we're still on earth. He's literally like, y'all had plenty of time to live like the Gentiles do, and now that time of your life is over. They really are surprised when I turn down the opportunity to do what they want to do. And what do they want? to live in sensuality, passions, drunkenness, orgies, drinking parties, and loveless idolatry, a flood of debauchery for which they malign my non-participation. The thing is, I'm not the only one they'll give an account to. God is, and he's the judge. I see so many people making these things their whole life, when really they should be arming themselves through their thought patterns. But then I have to ask myself the question, am I arming myself? Or am I wasting my time in a flood of debauchery? It really matters. And I think this is a big distraction that believers can get caught up in sometimes when you're so busy living like the world does that you're forgetting that there's a war going on and that you have to equip yourself in how you think. And it's funny to me too that the way we're supposed to change our thought patterns and equip ourselves with this mental strategy is by anchoring ourselves back in what Christ has done for us, reminding ourselves of the hope that we have of calibrating our hearts to the eternal agenda of our savior, instead of being waylaid by just this temporary moment. I don't think it, I mean, sometimes like when I grew up in church, people would use conversations like this to say like, oh, you have to be so holy and you have to be totally undistracted and uninvolved in the world. But I don't think that's the point. Like, Jesus was very actively involved in the world, and he wasn't afraid of interacting with people who were caught in sin. I think the point is, am I still living like I'm caught in sin, or am I killing the flesh? Am I seeing suffering as an opportunity to grow and not be consumed by my flesh, or am I just complaining about it and letting it be a missed opportunity for me? Am I using this moment, am I using my present circumstances strategically As a way to not only invite God into my everyday life, but as a way to reach out to the people around me who may be making fun of me for not joining in with them. But that I can then switch that and use that as a conversation starter for, hey, like this is what the Lord's done in my life and this is why I don't do this and I have to be proactive. Anyways, just some food for thought. Hope you guys have a great day.